Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, 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 cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Davis is buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you, July 20th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Radio 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your hump day edition of the show. Hump day. It's hot. I think the low is already coming on for today. If you're in the Louisville or Kentuckyana area. It's, I think, currently like 76 degrees, and it's only going to get warmer from there. Nick Roush still down in Atlanta for SEC Media Days. UK, Mark Stoops, the gang, they'll be talking this afternoon. Roush, how are you? A little tired. You know, you you, you get to, to grinding after a few days, and you, you hit a wall. I hit one of those yesterday afternoon. Um, but we're pushing through. Excited for Kentucky Day today. This is when the when the magic happens, they'll be arriving in Atlanta around lunchtime. Uh, but if you guys are too hot, just come on down to Atlanta. The uh, they keep it a chill, fifty nine degrees inside the College Football Hall of Fame. So I've I've got my long pants, my long sleeves, ready to uh, gear up for for the cold in the main room at SEC Media Days. That's a little too cold for me. Justin Kalen. I like cold, but in interior 59 degrees, that may as well be an icebox. That is my apartment in the wintertime. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm well used to 59, but the weather we're having now, my gosh. I'm, I'm not really sure what it means. Maybe you, one of you all can explain it, but we're supposed to have dew points of 105 to 110 today, which sounds pretty brutal. Just means it's going to be hot and it's going to be sticky, and it ain't going to be fun. So... Got that to look forward to, at least. We've got a fun show planned for you today. There's a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. It's kind of a busy sports time between talking season, EYBL, and then, of course, uh, you get recruiting on in both sports. You had the All-Star game last night. Did either one of you watch any of it? I watched almost the whole thing. Wow. wow. Yeah. Surprised me. Did you watch it, Terry? Uh, just parts, but not... Not much. Happy to see the American League beat the NL. And now when the Red Sox go to the World Series, they'll have home field advantage. Or nine straight years, though. Nine straight years. Get it together, NL. Come on. 
Well, just, I mean, Justin, you watched the whole game. You don't have anything to say about it? Yeah. No, no, I do. I was just I was just waiting. I didn't know if you had something else. No, um, wait, no. Yeah, because we have so many hot takes about the All-Star game. Like, I watched like an inning and a half tops. I do have one hot take, but I'll save that for the end. No, overall, I thought the game was a lot of fun. They um they mic'd up players throughout the game, which made for some just good comedy. Um, I, I believe it was Sean Manoa who was pitching at one point, and he had a one-two count. I can't remember who was batting, but he asked the the broadcasting crew, he was like, what should I throw here? And I believe it was A-Rod who was like, I think you should go slider in. And Sean Manoa just goes, oh, you're sexy. That's it. Like, that's the pitch. <laughs> and it just like moments like that happened throughout the night just made it a whole lot of fun. So I, I enjoyed the All-Star game. I don't remember in the past that they had people mic'd up the way they did last night, but it, it made for good entertainment for sure. We weren't too far away from, and I was keeping an eye on it, but we weren't too far away from maybe getting the home run derby off. Oh, I know. I know. I was I was closely watching. I was praying for one NL run in the ninth inning just to see it. No, it, it was, uh, it's cool visuals. I just, I wish it, I wish it mattered. I wish it meant a little something and, uh, it doesn't, but it just doesn't last- mean more. You know, no. maybe they should learn a thing or two from the Southeastern Conference. It doesn't even bean more. They should learn a thing or two from Bush's beans <laughs> as well. Uh, the AL, I think, has won 21 out of the last 25, and one of those was a tie. So they Jeez. haven't lost 22 out of the last 25. That's in like a, and I guess half those years, this game has been meaningless. Half these years, they have not, it has not been meaningless, but that's unbelievable. And like basically what you'd consider an all star game. A coin flip, right? You're just taking the best players from both leagues. That's crazy. 22 out of 25 for the AL, or 21 out of 25, I guess I should say, because they had that stupid, stupid tie back when they did. So congrats to the American League. Another loss for the Cincinnati Reds. They're really starting to pile up. <laughs> yeah, that. so it last night was almost improbable that the AL won, because when NL jumped out to two runs in the first inning, you were like, okay, this is – this has the potential to get pretty ugly, but hats off to the AL. Did you all see the MVP? No. Nope. Okay. Well, this is my hot take because there were freaking two of them. John Carlos Stanton and Byron Buxton were named MVPs because they hit back-to-back homers. That is such a coward's way out. Pick one or the other. Stanton hit the tying home run. Buxton hit the go-ahead home run. One or the other. They both cannot share MVP for the All-Star game. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that. That's the that's the thing that uh, of all of the gimmicks of the All Star Game, two MVPs is the one that that really gets you scoots. It's just, it's just such a coward's way out. Make a freaking decision. Stop riding the fence one way or the other. <laughs> I was I was irrationally heated about it when I saw that. Uh, there's a Red Sox. I, I didn't know this. Once you're subbed out of the All Star Game, like those people just go back to their hotels or go to whatever party they're going to. Do you all know that? What? They don't chill and hang out for the rest of the game? Supposedly, like, no. Most of them don't. <laughs> because a Red Sox reporter I was following, one of the Red Sox players, he was like, yeah, normally, every once you're subbed out, you just leave. Like, you're you're oh on to your God. evening. And uh, I forget which Red Sox player it was, but it was like, so-and-so hung around because he wanted to see some of his old friends. And it was a nice moment, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what? You, you, you go this, what if you could take it out in the second inning? You're just watching the end of the game at a bar? Are you still wearing your jersey? That's insane. Uh, in fairness, way, I bet they have some pretty cool parties for All-Star weekend, you know? Sure, yeah. And like while the baseball lifestyle, you're getting paid so much, who really cares? 
it is a grind though, you know, from basically March to October, at least you're playing four or five games a week. Like yep. if, you a, if you get a few days where Please. you just don't have to do anything for a little bit, I'm sure that is probably pretty nice for them, but still you can't like hang out three hours. Like you could go get a beer at Dodger stadium and watch the game there. Right. That would be actually, you'd get a lot of good PR points for doing that. Like hang out in the dugout and just have like a big PPR hanging out and, you know, hooting and holler and yelling at the umps and whatnot. That'd be fun to watch too. Yeah. That's the rule. Once you get out, you have to stay, but any vices you want to partake in feel free. Like no laws apply in the dugout. That's, that's cool. That is cool. There's a lot that get Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> I've got I've, I've got more. Uh, I actually had a really good idea yesterday, and I meant to write it down, and I didn't. And I was like, that'd be good for Wacky Idea Wednesday. But then I thought to myself, that's going to be cheapening it because it's a really good idea. Such a good idea. I don't remember it at 7, 12 a.m. this morning. So I'll see if it comes back to me at some point today, and I'll uh, and I'll bring it back up. I did like their jerseys. I'm a big fan of just wearing your own jerseys, and you know the the way teams would wear their grays or their darker ones, and the home teams would wear their whites. Uh, but they switched it up. I don't know if this was the first year they've done it or not. So if I'm mistaken, I apologize. But they had uniform jerseys, and I actually thought they were kind of cool, Justin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they would have looked better, I thought. So they were black jerseys or like a, a I don't know, dark brown. I'm colorblind. I don't. I, they didn't really look all that black. More like a slate gray. But they had a gold lettering across the front. My only qualm with those jerseys is I wish the lettering was silver as opposed to the gold. I think it would have looked a lot better. There's Justin Kalen's design tips of the day. But yep. yeah, so you have that. Uh, I, I spent more time watching the basketball tournament last night. Archie Goodwin was playing in a game. Their team came up a little bit short. And then my boy, DeAndre Liggins, was playing uh, in, the, in the nightcap and did not see the end of that game, which was unfortunate because it was an exciting finish. But Archie Goodwin, they lost. DeAndre Liggins, they're advancing, baby. So. He's, He's alive. Going. I enjoy the basketball tournament and probably like one game. There'll just be a random name. I haven't heard of in a really long time. Yesterday was dusty Hannah's. I'm not sure if you remember the sharpshooter from Arkansas. Oh yeah. Uh, I was like, Oh man, forgot that person kind of exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball tournament. They've got the perfect time for it. Like summer where there's nothing else going on. They just need to do a little bit better job marketing it. And they need to do a better job saying, Hey, this player, you remember this, this star, He's playing, and, and they don't do a great job of that stuff, but basketball, meaningful basketball dudes playing their hearts out, fun to watch, especially when you're stuck in the in the doldrums of summer. Did the number one seed, what was it, Heartland, did they end up winning? Heartfire, yeah, that's the DeAndre Liggins team. They came oh, okay. back and won. Wow. They, were down, they were down big. I thought they big, were cruise. Yeah. Uh, just, again, I try to predict the matchups uh, just by looking at the rosters and remembering those players from college or what I remember from maybe their shortened NBA careers or whatever it may be. And uh, shockingly, not a good way to predict the TBT. <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, – uh, it's, it's good stuff. I think there's games pretty much every evening from – from here on out, but it's uh, it's it's been a fun tournament, been fun watching DeAndre Liggins again, and then Kyle Wilcher, I think, is with the Bayheim Army, the Syracuse team. What? But he didn't play at Syracuse. No, there's a few people that didn't play at Syracuse that are on that team, and there's a few people that did play at Syracuse that aren't on that team. But the reason is Raheem Christmas still on the team? I don't know. I looked at the roster too. I want to say yes, but he played me. last year. I know. Don't hold me to that. 
But goodness, they got a Bayheim on their team finally. One of like the million little Bayheim boys is playing on the squad. <laughs> but if I were a Syracuse fan, I'd be like, reason number one uh, and one through one million of why we need to frickin' please go in a different direction is we're more excited for this meaningless basketball tournament in the summer than we are for our actual team during the regular season. Syracuse folks get hyped for the basketball tournament. And Kentucky did. They they dip their toe in the basketball tournament just once and put together one of the worst teams that you could do. But it was kind of like a fan voting thing to get in, and UK fans did their thing, so they were number one seed. They were the first one seed to get upset in the first round in the history of the basketball tournament. But it was like Ramel Bradley, uh, Perry Stevenson, Joe Crawford, who was a little worse from there at that point. Joe Crawford, yeah. Uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a great team, and they they promptly got beat down pretty quickly, and they haven't done anything since then. I'd like them to do it, but I, I doubt it probably happens. That's because all, all their guys are in the NBA. It's not totally true, but <laughs> I mean, a lot of them are. But if you, if you want to put together a competitive team without using NBA guys, that would be really tough. I do think this is going to eventually turn it. And I've said this for a couple of years and I think there's only one team that has done this. So I could be wrong about this, but I'm a, I'm a little surprised that one more colleges and there's a bunch of colleges. I, I, I went in a different direction there. I'm surprised AAU teams Roush haven't said, Hey, we'll do high school. Then they'll go to college. Then they'll go to pro, but Hey, we will. Can we adopt this, this oh, basketball yeah. tournament? Can we do a partnership here? Like if you had an Indiana elite, Team. Yeah, yeah, that that would make a lot of sense because you already have those connections established. Mm-hmm. There's a decent amount of rapport. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that that's that's not the case um, because you see, like, I think that overseas elite team they've done really well because a lot of those guys are still playing ball at a high level. But the Ohio State team, big reason why they did well uh, a few years ago is because it was just the team that lost to Kentucky. It was like all of those guys that played in that era around 2011, 2012, 2013 that had that rapport, that camaraderie. Uh, you know, that that's as much as basketball is an individualized game in certain aspects, especially at the, the NBA level, that, that you, you can't place a proper value on how important, how significant it is to have that, that rapport and, and just knowing – your guy's going to be there for help defense. You know, th- th- those basics go a long way in TBT. Yeah, I'm surprised it just it hasn't happened. AU teams, they all act like they're the, the hottest thing on the planet. But, like, here's an opportunity to be more relevant, and they haven't. I think there's a Florida team that's an AAU base that has a TBT team, could be making that up. But besides that, yeah, I'm a little surprised that hasn't happened. But there are plenty of college alumni teams uh, the Syracuse one's the best. The Ohio State one's pretty good. The Arkansas one lost yesterday. Or did they win or they lost? I think they lost, yeah. They lost to the Gutter Cats. <laughs> and then some just have, like, sponsorships. And they're just, you know, whoever their title name is pays for probably all their accommodations, jerseys, or whatever they have to pay for. I'm not sure exactly what TBT pays for and what the teams have to come up with themselves. They also need to up their prize to $2 million. Okay. You're playing on ESPN. A million dollars is what they are giving away with Regis Philbin back in '98. So uh, who wants to be in there? <laughs> like it's not 1998 anymore. Up that bad boy up a little bit, and they're splitting these. You know, they're splitting the million dollars among 
probably equals out to about guys. 15 people when it's all said and done because oh, yeah. the support staff gets a kickback to some degree. Um, but you're right. The, the lion's shares go into eight or nine, but even then, you know. Right, right. I would I would also, I would like if they upped the purse if it wasn't just winner take all too. If you final four, you should get a cut. Yeah, oh. I, on, the, on the one hand, it'd make those quarterfinal games really exciting knowing mm-hmm. like $200,000 on the line, so you're not going home with nothing. But there is something exciting about that championship game where it's like, oh, so you came all this way and you could have ended up just losing in the first round. And you- <laughs> no, like that's this is brutal. And I know Scoots, I heard him kind of groan at my thought of like people getting more money. But just from a you, – you, you won some games. You should get rewarded a little bit. Even those reality shows, just because you don't win a million dollars, you make money for reaching so far in it. This is basically the reality show version of basketball. So, you know, make it pretty far, get a little bit of money. Doesn't have yes. to be a lot, but a little bit. Sports are not a reality show though. And you're you're just that's the they whole are. you're that's the whole everybody gets a trophy for participating in the tournament mindset that I just hate. No, they're they're playing for a million dollars. If those games in the final four aren't entertaining to you with a million dollars on the line and a chance to grab that, that's on you, pal. But Justin, they get both like in professional leagues, you get bonuses for reaching so far in the playoffs. Yeah, coaches not, get bonuses for reaching. League, co- coaches get bonuses in college football for reaching a bowl game and then winning a bowl game. No, that's great. I I, I don't disagree with it in there and that spot, but this isn't a professional tournament. <laughs> what? Like, they're they're playing for one million dollars. One team gets the one million dollars. That's how it should be. No, there's no reason to give more teams more money. Yes, any, yeah, Justin, are you under the pressure these uh, under the impression these are amateur basketball players that are just looking for work? No, I mean I I know a lot of them are are still playing basketball at a high level, but it's come on, it's a how many weeks does this even last? Three weeks? It's a three three week tournament? Yeah, you I'll, should be I'll compensated take... for giving like how many how many the ratings on ESPN are worth compensating these guys a little bit just for making it to the final four. Are, are you are you so? Let me ask you this, Roush. If Survivor were to pay out four instead of one, are you good with that too? Yeah, I mean they they do. Yeah, well that's true. Yeah, it's that is true. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you pay out I mean, all those people. Yeah, like, that's, that, that's, makes, that's, that's uh, my yeah. point. Is like you're you're providing so much entertainment over mm-hmm. a longer span of time, over three weeks. It's it's not drug out once a week like a reality TV show is. But like, and I don't even you know even if it's. Um, if it's a quarter million per team for making it to the final four, uh, I mean, that's not a ton of money per person. That's like what, 15 grand a pop? That, three that, weeks of work? F- 15 grand per person? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good for three weeks of work. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I just don't, I don't see that necessary. If you want, if you want money from this tournament, there's one solution. Get better. I just Play I just love basketball. that you're saying it's not necessary just to argue that you prefer things like a child sees things where it's winner take all, winner go home. That's how we do it in the playground. No, if, if I was looking at it through a child's eyes, I would want a trophy for everybody, and I would cry when I didn't get one. Think of the children. <laughs> Uh, oh, man, so much I, I want to say. First off, I just for a guy that's won the lottery, Justin doesn't want anybody else getting money. Period. Whether it's nil, whether it's athletic college kids, or whether it's like 30-year-olds that are, uh, you know, playing overseas ball but coming back to America for three weeks. Justin does not want to share the wealth with anybody. Secondly, 
one thing that I just don't know if that's true. I think I just want a different kind of wealth. I I don't know. Now we've got we've got multiple instances where you're saying no money for you. You're not worth it, pal. <laughs> so interesting, but okay. You know we're allowed to move off that take one way or another. Uh, I was on the fence about like I do like the fact that it's kind of you know that's part of the fun of it. it it's got a little bit of an NCAA tournament feel. Where in the tournament, no, you're not paying playing for a million dollars. Although, do we ever get to that point? Now that's nil legal. Nil is legal. Like. You know, why not? Wouldn't that I'm be kind game. of fun? Like, wouldn't that be a good time to put up? Like, hey, if you win, not only do you win the NCAA championship, every player is going home with 50,000 additional bucks. That'd be sweet, too. One thing that wasn't mentioned, though, Roush, you you persuaded me. Those quarterfinal games would be a lot of fun if they were $100,000. It would be a nice kickback, blah, blah, blah. But one thing that Justin needs to remember is these people do have other careers, like probably 98 or 99% of them in basketball to some capacity, Playing four or five, having to win five straight basketball games, you can get hurt. You can potentially get it hurt for eight months, a year, if the injury's bad enough. And then what are you doing with that? You, you, what if your overseas team drops you? What if you're out of work? You, you are risking your livelihood to some degree when you're agreeing to do this tournament. Is that not a reason enough to, to try to give a little bit more money to the teams? I mean, I guess I just I hate that the whole injury thing in sports. You can't go into a game thinking, oh, I could get hurt if I do this. I mean, it's you've been playing the game your whole life. You've either got hurt or you haven't. Yeah, but no, no other I mean, league is really like the TBT in the sense that like, oh, you get hurt in the TBT. Well, the Chinese number one professional league wants nothing to do with you anymore. And your four point five million dollar contract is gone. Sure. Like, it, the NBA, if you get hurt, well, I'm under contract for two years. So hopefully I'll get better, but at least I'm still making some money here. And the NFL, if you get hurt, yeah, you may get cut, but you're going to get your contract paid out. Yeah, but we, I mean, it, that's kind of unfair because we don't know if the TBT is doing anything for liability purposes if, if someone gets hurt. Like, we, sure we don't know do. that for a fact. I'm sure they do have some insurance policies that, that would pay out, you know. I need this amount of money, blah, blah, and, blah. And another thing, if these guys are playing basketball, which we've talked about them doing, I mean, they're they're not missing work. I mean, there's still opportunity to make money with what promotions and their sponsors and all that. I mean, they're, they're not technically missing work. They may have to, like, miss practice sessions or whatnot, but that's... So you're telling me you know the schedule of every international basketball league in the world. And no, none of them, I, no, not even are, one. None of them are conflicting with the TBT. I, I know that the Australian one is around this time, and that's every international player's favorites because you they, they pay very well in you, for two days of work a week. And it's like eight weeks. It's really it's a nice, sweet, cushy gig. It could be happening at the same time, Scoots. Yeah, but if if it is, aren't wouldn't those guys be under contract and still getting paid? Yeah, they probably they probably can't even go to the TBT. But my my, so. my my whole point though, Justin, is I just don't know why you're anti giving people more money and you're pro ESPN being richer. MSNBC, ESPN, yeah, ESPN. To me, this has nothing to do with ESPN. I'm not an ESPN guy. Yeah, it has exactly. So they're getting more money. They're making more money than giving out than distributing. There's no doubt about that. Wouldn't that be true with the majority of sporting events? Mm, I don't think so. Did either one of you all watch the games in Rucker Park? 
I watched a couple of them on Saturday, and they had to move some of them inside because it got too hot. Yeah, I, I cool idea. I just how practical it is. The night game was much better. The shadows kind of stuck. Yeah. In the afternoon, like part of the court would be dark. You couldn't see as much. Part of it would be light. Uh, but it was a cool idea. And the crowd and having like the little MC kind of, you know, what was the guy's name in and one? Oh, gosh. I forget that guy. Yeah, me too. But yeah, it was neat. Yeah, Basketball it, tournament, cool event. Yeah. And in, in good for early events and something like this. Like that's, I at least appreciate uh, TBT in that it's not too self serious that mm-hmm. you can try some things that are fun, that are different. Like the Elam ending, you know, it, it, it's 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 something 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 unusual that that makes for a fun uh, summer tournament. Yeah, it is for sure, and they they pick the perfect time for it. They're not trying to compete in March or you know the NFL playoffs or whatever college football. They found the deadest time of the year, and they said, "All right, we are going to circle this one and 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 we'll make we'll make it something." And it has turned into something, and uh, it's some certainly. Something to watch better than the All-Star game, if you ask me. Okay, let's take our first break. We need to make some, make fun of U of L fans at some point today. We need to continue to talk Woo-hoo. about what Roush is writing about down in Atlanta. There's a lot of interesting pieces of news there. we got to talk some recruiting as well. And as always, the Thornton's text line. Text it on in and get on into a Thornton's. There's one on basically every corner in Louisville. And download that Thornton's app. I don't think anybody won Mega Millions last night. Could be wrong about that. I know we did not, unfortunately. Uh, you yeah. have like a you. It's nobody. It's tough to win the lottery. It's not as tough to win the Thornton Summer Cash Bash, where they're giving away ten thousand dollars every week, including at the end of the summer, a twenty twenty two brand spanking new Chevy Tahoe. So download that Refreshing Rewards app. Get in the Thorntons today and send in a text into the Thorntons text line, 502-414-1450. Before we go to a break, longtime sponsor of Big Exports Radio, rest in peace to Charlie Wilson. He passed away last evening at the age of 96. Oh, incredible, incredibly long life. And I think one of the, not one of, I think the best jingle in all of radio joining the one big happy family in the sky. Rest in peace, Charlie Wilson. Our thoughts and prayers are with his family. All right, this is Kentucky Roll Call. We'll be back after this. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kaye. Charles is having Kevin cover the phones for a while. How do I say this diplomatically? I think Kevin is doing exactly as well as anyone might have expected someone like him to perform in a position like that. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Dunder Mifflin, this is Kevin. Please hold while I transfer you. Oscar, your mom! Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Exports Radio, KRC. Uh, just a couple of stand-up folks, TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. 
And uh, in, what, did intern Jacob tell us he wasn't going to be here today, Justin? No. No, I even sent him the code this morning and everything. Wow. I'm going his vacation early. Must have had another hole in one last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, intern Jacob, that's one thing you're going to learn. You're going to need to learn when you become an adult. If you're going to say you're, you got to let people know. You just got to let people know. Communication is key in every mm-hmm. aspect of life as an adult. Yep. That's part of the reason why old Trevor Kelsey got, got fired from Kentucky Roll Call. That and his music selection, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 replay of the show. And you can get Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. Leave a rating and a review. Has everybody here watched the QB1, the Will Levis story? Uh, yeah. Well, most of it. Not yet, no. No, you, you should watch it, Scoots. Uh, I will. I didn't know it was out yet. It was a 20-minute or so feature released by Kentucky Wildcats TV. It's on YouTube. I put it on KSR last night. You can find it on Facebook. It's everywhere. You can watch, stream any of your videos. And I admittedly skipped through the, the parts that I know pretty well, which we saw last year. That it, it was kind of fun hearing him break down just crossing up Louisville defenders and jumping over them. But the best part of it was that UK took a camera crew up to where he's from in the Northeast and spoke to his parents, spoke to his uh, his old coaches, um, and, and you know they, they they showed us the barn that he used to work out in when he was a kid. And uh, it's also kind of cool seeing some of those early highlights, those early throws. And they had the um, – I forget whose pro day it was a couple of years ago that everybody freaked out over because they were rolling out. It might have been Zach Wilson who made that throw where they're rolling out one way and they throw it across their body on a dime. Levis has one of those from his high school days. It's like, oh, so yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty good. Uh, cool seeing stuff like that, TJ. Cool seeing stuff like that. Yeah, it is. I have not finished it, um, but plan on doing that today. Um, yeah, it's nice. Get get the hype train going, get people excited. I don't think it was coincidence with their timing, releasing it before UK speaks today. And he will, Will Levis, will be down there in Atlanta. Some people think he's the second best quarterback in the SEC. Some people not not sure he's in the top seven or the top eight. So uh, all over the place. I will say it's probably the best year I can ever remember in terms of quarterbacks in conference. Now, some people will be a little disappointing. Uh, you'll probably have a player, maybe two, that'll get hurt. And then you'll probably have one or two that aren't being talked about that'll that'll step up in a big way and will probably be the the keynote quarterbacks for next season in the SEC. But right now, we'll love us all over the place. Mm-hmm. What time is UK talking today, Roush? They're going to get here around lunchtime, and that's when they'll, they'll speak to the local media first, and then Stoops will go to the podium around 2.30, 2.25, I think is the exact. Uh, timing of it but you'll probably see Levis on the SEC network set um, he, he's going to be a very popular man today because he's already been such a take magnet um, the the one thing I was encouraged about and I should have expected it because of the source but um, I spoke with Jim Nagy for a few minutes yesterday he's the guy who is the executive director of the senior bowl he's he started his career as an NFL scout and he's probably the person who's seen Levis throw more recently than anybody. Even Mark Stoops, he was at the Manning Passing Academy 
And he said of the 50 quarterbacks there, Levis and Anthony Richardson had the two most impressive physical traits of any of the quarterbacks there. And that was, uh, that's even Bryce, what's his name from Alabama? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that seems pretty specific. Like, if you wanted to compliment everybody, you'd get into the most impressive physical trade quarterbacks were these guys. I don't know what you're saying. Like, that, who cares? Who cares if they have impressive physical traits? What, what does that mean in football? It means that he can throw the ball really damn hard, TJ. Like, that's like all of the stuff that NFL scouts say. Like, he can make some really good throws. He's a great thrower. Like, that, that's the kind of stuff that got him all the offseason hype. I, I, I'm, that's, it's synthesized in two words, calling it physical traits. But the, 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 not only his athleticism, but his strength, his arm strength, his ability to put the ball in tight windows, like all of that stuff is what like, – like he's a really good quarterback, but on tape he just needs to be more consistent. And he's like, that's what this season's for. He hasn't been a long-term starter. So while it's it was good to hear – because he's like, you know, like that is a, a setting where it's a it's a camp setting. It's like we got to see it with, you know, 21 other guys on the field. Um, but when you put them all together, he that that's why Levis is getting first round hype, because people in Nagy's position that that evaluate based on those certain things, they, they absolutely love him. Absolutely love him. Justin Roush got really triggered by me saying that kind of seems like a canned compliment. I mean, I agree with you, TJ. It, it does. It, it should be probably worded differently. Because um, when you think about physical traits, you just think about the physique of somebody and well, how they look. Like, again, Jamarcus Russell had unbelievable physical traits. And he was a good college quarterback, too. But, like, personally, I'd rather hear, like, oh, yeah, the best passer was Will Levis. No doubt or, about he's, it. He's got a strong arm or an accurate arm. Yeah, yeah. physical Physical traits, I don't, I'm not a big fan of either. Now, if you mention like throwing balls into tight windows and stuff like that, great, happy to hear it. Physical traits, though, is just saying like, hey, this quarterback was good, but really, what was impressive is how far he could throw the ball. Holy smokes, he's got a cannon, which is good. Like, I'm not not saying that that's anything bad, but I, it does seem like I'm not even all that high on Anthony Richardson. So the fact that Will Levis gets lumped in with him as being like strong big quarterbacks, yeah. It's okay. Doesn't do it for me. No, well, well, but like, but then why did it do it for you earlier in this year when they were talking about him being a first round draft pick? It's just because, that's, because that's a different being a first round draft pick means you're having an unbelievable season. Some guy that compliments you for being a big, strong quarterback doesn't mean that you're going to have an amazing season. I mean, I mean you're, you're also getting into semantics here, and that's what's pissing me off is I'm just tired. <laughs> It's been three I'm, – I'm on day three here, just grinding away. And I, you can't see that he's saying the same things that they were saying early on. The reason why he's going to be – like that they're projecting him as a first-round pick is because of his tools. Uh, Nagy in, specifically said it's kind of like why Malik Willis was such a light prospect. You probably won't like hearing that, but Malik Willis had the big arm. He was a good runner, but he didn't do things consistently enough to really rise up the boards to where he's a can't-miss prospect. It's Levis's job to be consistent this year. That's the whole name of Levis's game. Is like this guy has pretty much everything you want in a quarterback from a physical standpoint, but he has been inconsistent. He's thrown too many interceptions. Yeah, and I wanted somebody that watched him at the Manning camp to say like, "Hey, he was pretty accurate. He's got a big arm. He's accurate. I can see all the NFL hop around him." But from what you said, don't get so triggered. 
was he's a big physical quarterback like Anthony Richardson. Well, because you, you, you can't see that in those damn camps, TJ. God, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel – I know some of this is I'm tired, but you're not going to have somebody compliment somebody's accuracy from a camp because that doesn't – like that, that – you're throwing the receivers that you don't normally throw to. You're not going up against real defense. Nobody's judging somebody's accuracy from a camp. That's not how it works. So and nobody I'm sorry for being triggered, but I'm talking about Will Levis, like ad nauseum down here, and like defending him. And I had to go talk to SEC Mike. And even when I made points against him, he just was like digging his heels in because he's a hot take guy. It's been a frustrating like 24 hours for me. I'm trying to I'm trying to hit the the reset button going into uh to day three. Well, the thing that I've learned, the best thing when you disagree with somebody is get super triggered and act like a baby about the whole uh, thing. Yeah, I'm going to be a baby about it because I'm damn tired, but it's mostly because I'm saying the things that you're saying, but like, I, I, I just... I just don't want him to be a strong and physical quarterback. I want him to be a that. good passer. I want him to be accurate. I want him to be a good decision maker, and I will strongly disagree with you that you can't judge accuracy at a passing camp. What? What? That's a, that's one of the most outlandish takes I think you've ever made in radio. I, no, I it's the most accurate thing. Like I, I, I can't, I can't. That's the setting. Nobody goes into a court. Like you're not. Nobody's missing receivers by twenty yards, and you just think that this guy can't throw a football unless you're Danny Clark. All right, everybody looks oh. pretty accurate throwing on air. Because that's what they're doing. They're, you you don't judge somebody's accuracy unless they're going in eleven on eleven setting. That's why I like some of the seven on seven garbage. Like the the Tennessee quarterback is a seven on seven superstar, but how good is he going to be at college? I don't know because you can't see like how he handles pressure. Can he still be accurate when under duress with rushers in his face? Danny Clark catches the most intense Shrey pew in the history of Kentucky roll call. Uh, T's and P's to Danny Clark. And TJ, by the way, just because old buddy didn't say anything about all the stuff you mentioned doesn't mean that Will Levis doesn't have it. It's just he, what he saw oh. yesterday was physical trait. Well, yeah, no, he didn't see it yesterday, but when he was watching, no, I, I, and I agree with you. I just, when somebody's raving about Will Levis, it's going to make me feel more confident and better about the season when saying, oh, his accuracy has improved. He's really... And Roush even said he was making some tight throws, but now I'm led to believe you can't make tight throws in passing camps. Uh, don't even judge accuracy. Don't even have receivers at that rate. Just throw the football, right? You know. I mean, I just you're just not going to hear that. Strongly disagree. You're not going to hear that from somebody who watched him spin at a camp. This is like like Nagy gave the most expected answer possible the reason why people like will levis is because of his physical traits they just are the most accurate quarterback there was clayton thune and he's going to be like a six-round draft pick because accuracy is not valued the way that he values physical traits that's what jumped out that's why people why he's such a big deal is because of his physical traits totally understand that i know that because i watched him play last season he had a really good year and it was fun to watch and I'm certainly not being anti-Will Levis or against Will Levis, but if he is going to be a high draft pick like people are maybe speculating, he has to be a more accurate passer. So it would have made me feel better if people that watched him this summer praised him for accuracy instead of things we already knew that he did. I don't think that's a wild take. I don't, You're just I asking for more. That's fine. I just when somebody was describing him, it'd make me feel better if they described his accuracy and precision versus traits that we already know that he's good at, things that he will – like, same thing with Chris Rodriguez. If somebody came back and said, this summer, he, he hasn't fumbled once. Like, he hasn't fumbled you, once. You can't get that, though. Like, that – it doesn't – that 
that's not something that you want, like you fix in practice because it doesn't matter if they don't fumble in practice, you can still fumble in the games. Like Man, gosh, that, by doing that logic, you 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 may as well not do sports radio. I mean, I I just I can't like that is I, I just I just I'm sorry. I have no patience for this right now. I just don't because nobody is ever going to say Chris Rodriguez fixes fumbles in practice. It's just impossible. He's not going out there and and being the guy from longest yard who's just slipping the ball all over the damn place. Like that's just not that's not something that is fixed in practice. I just I can't I can't. It was just it was just an example. Don't get so, don't get so caught up in that. Maybe uh, on Robinson hadn't had a drop in in summer workouts. That'd make me feel good. That'd be something exciting. All right, with this guy, we don't know too much about his hands are perfect. Uh, just you know something that would make me more excited versus that and of of course not fumbling in practices doesn't mean you're not going to fumble in games again you could say that literally about any sports quality for any sports player in any situation you're better than that buddy what's something that, like i'm 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 i want to get triggered right now and i'm really close to, to curse you did it. so let's let's, let's bring up something else controversial <laughs> wait, hold, on, hold on yeah you, you want to get triggered you're already well <laughs> yeah no like let's let's really become unhinged like i'm already here i might as well let it all out just get you're that dumb button ready buddy you're there if you have anything you want to if you have any, if you have anything you just want to rant about i think now would be the time to do it because it can't be any more nonsensical than these last five minutes yeah, I, I just you, you, you're, some of your line of thinking just makes no sense to me either. So we're in the same. No, but you, boat, you, you've done an absolute horrible job explaining how what I've said makes no sense. I'm because telling you, PJ. Like I, I'm I, what I'm trying to convey is that like AU basketball games are good. Like the reason why people put stock into them is because they're playing actual games. Practices and camps are not a simulation of a football game. And the only way that oh Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez can prove people yeah. wrong about their deficiencies is to do it in football games. There's zero. Who, who said anything differently, Roush? You, you, were you just, did. You wanted him to say that he's a more accurate quarterback because of a stupid camp that he was one of the five best players in. That's a totally normal thing for people to be praised at at passing camp. You're literally passing Footballs, you dumb dumb. No, you they don't. It. That's not what they say. They do. They do it every every year. They praise somebody for accuracy. Roush, I covered the five star rivals camps. They had an award for most accurate passer. You're just you're. I don't know if you're just wrong or misinformed. And all I'm saying is, I know that Will Levis is a strong and physical quarterback. I don't need somebody that watched him at the Manning camp to tell me that as a piece of news. I know those things. So what would have made me feel better, which is a personal opinion thing, is for him to get praised for accuracy. You saying that that's not something that gets praised at QB camps is quite literally the dumbest thing you've said on air. No, no, it's just it's just not. I mean, so you're again, just one more time, say that quarterbacks do not get praised for accuracy at passing camps. Just well, so we can all hear it one more time. You know what happens, DJ, is if they think you're an accurate quarterback and you go and you're an accurate passer at them, they reinforce like most of it is just reinforced notions, right? Like, you're not like, going to change anybody as a strong and big quarterback. Reinforced notions like that, exactly, exactly. Like th th it's so you can see Thanks. them in person. It's kind of like Pierce Clarkson. The opinions of many people have been reinforced that he actually is not that good. When he went to those camps, he did not jump out. He did not stand out in any way, shape, or form. So you're going to see him start to slide down in those rankings because that's where he should excel. He's I mean, I hate, I hate, I hate being, I hate doing a checkmate here. But why was he? Why was he judged not well in those passing camps? What was he not doing well? 
that, that I don't know. The, like uh, honestly, it's just when they do the standout stuff, he doesn't. He he did not check any of the boxes, and this is a kid that is supposed like he he's he's been a he's been doing the quarterback passing camps. He's bred to do it. His dad is the founder of the quarterback passing camps. He helped develop them, and he did not stand out. I don't know. I, I can't get more specific than that because I just wanted to have a fun take about Pierce Carson stinking, and I'm going to stick to it. But I don't. I don't. I don't know exactly why he wasn't um, an above average thrower at one of those events. Well, I'm sure it wasn't strictly because of his physical stature and how far he could throw the ball, but maybe, just maybe, they're judging some other things that are important to quarterback, like accuracy. Just one person's opinion. But, hey, we can agree to disagree on this. This is one of the dumbest arguments we've had here because we're just arguing over semantics. Jacob's going to be so pissed he didn't join. Yeah. He really missed out. <laughs> text on into the third and text line, 502-414-1450. We were going to have some 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 fun U of L. We were going to make some of U of L fans, but uh, Stead made fun know, of each other. It's, it's just one of those weird, weird things that Roush like it's like every once every six months he'll do something like this. Yeah, I, I also like you do this too, where it's like once every six months you just piss me off over like the dumbest. <laughs> semantics thing and it's like we're just digging our heels in me wanting to hear experts that have seen will levis this summer compliment his improved accuracy is not a dumb take it's It's just not gonna happen it's just an it's it's an it's an uh, it's an expectation that will never be met totally realistic expectation if he went to that manning camp (laughs) was the most accurate passer i mean what a dumb thing to say of course because they're not realistic thing in a game it's about decision making Roush, if people people understand that when they go to the manning camp they realize it's not a real football game are you i, I at some point i think you're riling on, on how it's a totally realistic opinion to want your star quarterback that has been praised but areas of weakness include accuracy to want to hear that he is an improved passer with accuracy and even it, i think people are smart enough to know hey in the camp setting he was on fire he he was you even said that he was throwing uh tight windows so yeah. tight windows to who to through what it's not a real game it was through a golf cart so he they just have golf carts out there yeah they like drive a golf cart and you throw through it like 20 yards away and that's, that's what i mean like i'm not expecting you to <laughs> that, that, that that's what they were doing like <laughs> Man, Just, say, yeah, like I'm, I'm not going to be changing my mind on somebody's accuracy by their ability to throw a ball through a golf cart. You're saying, I mean, you're just you're you're so wrong on this. It's hilarious. So you're saying if somebody gets praised for accuracy at a camp, just don't even don't even write about it because it's meaningless, right? No, I'm just saying it. There nobody. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not getting my mind changed by cool. somebody's ability to throw a ball through a golf cart. There, it was cool that he was top five and he was accurate enough to be. Uh, uh, one of the five finalists. You're getting roasted on the text line if that makes you feel better. No, no, no. It, 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 I'm fine. I don't care. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Weird take for a quarterback that threw interceptions to want to have him improved as a thrower. I'd want him to, but I'm telling you, there's nothing that this guy could do at this camp that will change any experts' minds. They want to see it in a game setting. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm trying to convey. Is those passing camps, the seven on seven, they're stupid, they're dumb, they drive me nuts. Man, you you've lost it, pal. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. What do you got, Justin? We need to go to break here soon. There's there's only one solution to this. We set up these camps like it's the quarterback drills at the Pro Bowl. (laughs) That's that's the only thing we can do. Wild. It's like any 
why did UK shouldn't even give out offers at their summer camps? I mean, that's not, they're not real games after all. I mean, sheesh, will leash. You go there and you have a good workout and they're going to offer you. Do they not know that that's not a real football game running a 40 yard dash? Unbelievable. Just truly hard to, hard to comprehend. All right, let's go to our hour one break. Hit the reset button. We need to come back. We need to talk a little bit about football, what was said yesterday, because I think yesterday was probably the most newsworthy day so far, well, one of two, and then we need to talk some basketball recruiting, some good news in that regard. So don't go anywhere. Our numero dose of Kentucky Roll Call coming up next. We'll see if Roush hangs around for hour two. He's already left. This is the Big Exports Radio Kentucky Roll Call. We'll be Justin, should we just do the show just now that he's gone so we get the baby out of the way? <laughs> I've got Lucy here being ready to go to daycare, and I, 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 she's not the biggest baby that I'm currently talking to. We'll be back. Stop your roll. Big Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, a festive first hour of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here. On your Wednesday hump day edition of the show, we'll see if we have the same energy for our number dose as we did for for number one. UK's talking today down at SEC Media Days. That's uh, around 2 p.m. Roush will have all the coverage on KentuckySportsRadio.com. I don't know if you want to go SEC Media Day recap from yesterday, Roush, because there's a lot of funny stuff, or if you want to switch gears, go basketball for a little bit, and we can circle back to the football. I'll let you choose. Um, let's, um, let's go ahead and do football now while I got a little bit of uh, pep in my step. Sure. That's what you, you get the pep for the football and then you can just cruise through the basketball. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Why not? It must've been an easy day yesterday, Roush, because judging by all the sports outlets, uh, Nick Saban was the only one to talk. Well, yeah, nobody gives a damn about Carkley. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just Nick Saban overload yesterday. Like good grief. Well, I mean, we I think he's the greatest coach in the history of football. I agree. <laughs> Justin, in my opinion, I saw a lot more Mike Leach stuff on my timeline than I did Saban stuff. Saban was asked one question about Jimbo Fisher, and besides that, Roush, if he said anything of super interest, you're going to need to let me know because I didn't see any- Nick Saban say anything interesting. Justin, you've been watching ESPN, haven't you? Yeah, well... Yeah, I was watching the TBT last night, and it kept flashing across the bottom of the screen. I was like, right. And I noticed that he said, told ESPNs get up. It's like, okay, he told everybody that in like three (laughs) different places. They're just trying to brag about it, you know? Um, Yeah, Saban wasn't very newsworthy other than it was kind of funny that – so the College Football Hall of Fame, I don't want to say it's like a bubble exactly, but it has a similar roof where it's the the kind of – tarpy almost material so it was storm and to the point where you could it was hard to hear until Saban walked up to the stage and then the the, the storm slowed down <laughs> that was kind of funny it's like uh oh don't worry guys uh Jesus here to calm everything down <laughs> I bet there's a lot of Alabama fans that were like I told you I told you <laughs> it, 
He can recruit with the best of them, but now he can stop storms. Uh, Leach just did the kind of classic Leach stuff, had some off-the-wall kind of questions and answers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Always fun hearing from him. He wore a wrinkly pair of pants. That's classic Mm -hmm. old, goofy Mike Leach. I think the quote of the day, though, came from Vanderbilt's coach, Roush, who you're not a fan of. I mean, he's just so damn boring. Like, uh, and it's not even – I don't know. Is it boring to say that someday Vanderbilt's going to have the best football program in America? Because that's electric in my opinion. Okay, but he said that, though, in the middle of a 17-minute diatribe, and it kind of just woke the room up because we were all falling asleep. Was there a reporter that was like, sorry, somewhere in there, I think you said Vanderbilt, the best football program ever. Can you can you expound on that a little bit? Um, I mean, here is just like, this is the kind of, <laughs> I'm going to do just a dramatic reading of some of Carkley's talking. A year ago, I talked to you about the strain of resuscitating a program, aligning a group of people who had come to find themselves under new standards and expectations while not having the choice to be a part of it. These standards and expectations have come to define their daily life, and by the time I was put in front of you last summer, we had probably accomplished our goal of driving compliance in the new program model. Once we reached the season, we were forced to confront our reality and our physical, mental, technical, and tactical deficiencies were evident from the start. I want to be clear that the season was challenging on many levels, but we were not victimized by that adversity. Oh, he was like, I thought our team wasn't going to be that bad, but we actually stunk. Is that really how he talks? Because I feel like I've heard books on audio more entertaining. Oh yeah, he he should be books on audio. <laughs> like that. I mean, that, that, was, uh, that was really bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was very bad. And he also has the like. There's not a hair on his head besides like maybe a few eyebrow hairs. So it's almost like you you could see him being in some sort of futuristic um, movie that hypnotizes you to sleep and then. Like you wake up and you're in some sort of uh, like you're, you're trapped. I, I could I could very well see that. Do you think it's more likely a team in basketball could win five consecutive national championships, or Vanderbilt becomes the best football program in the country for just one season? What's what would be more likely to happen in the sports world? Five consecutive. I agree. I mean, I totally agree. Yeah. You get a mean, program that's like constantly getting in good recruits. Well, there you go. You know, you just need to win six when the lights are the brightest in a row. See if you can do it. Probably not. Really hard to do. But <laughs> Vanderbilt being the number one program, I think it's, I think it's, nothing's impossible in this world. That's pretty darn close to it. Because if they ever started to get their footing, Roush, Clark Lee would leave in a heartbeat. He'd be out of there. And then, you know, another coach would come in. Maybe you continue to build what they're doing. Most likely, that coach is going to be out of there. <laughs> even, if, even if they were able to build with the right guy. I mean, you saw James Franklin basically perform miracles there while covering everything up off the field. But he was gone. And he, he got to, what, eight wins was like that benchmark? Far from the best program in the country. But I don't blame him. I mean, boring is boring, and that's unfortunate. But if you take a job your goal should be, hey, I want to be the best that I can at this job. And you got to shoot for the stars, even as outlandish and ridiculous as it is. Yeah, and it's why um, you have to have the the big dreams. You've got to say the big things. Mm -hmm. Kind of like when people made fun of Kentucky for having the playoff bracket in their weight room. It's like you, you, you should have somebody leading your program that is aspiring to do things that have never been done. But with that being said, I mean, James Franklin kind of showed us the the hot water mark, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. And and that's even that's, you know, a huge difference between wanting to make the college football playoffs versus saying you're going to be the best football program in, <laughs> in America. I, I do think it's interesting that like Vanderbilt hasn't been able to do a Stanford or even Northwestern's had some good seasons. Duke has had some OK seasons. And again, I know James Franklin had some OK seasons at Vanderbilt, but it's a I mean, it's a long, it's decades and decades and decades. And you can only point to a few examples of success. I, I'm a little surprised they haven't been able to say, hey, you care about academics in the South? You're going to get to play in the best conference. Come here and that they would actually be decent, Roush. Yeah. And at least now they're doing some investing uh, into the program. Um, from like a facility standpoint, they, they, uh, I'm not certain when the groundbreaking is, but they at least announced like the campaign and they had the big fancy uh, mock-ups and stuff like that. So they're, they're at least moving in the right direction because uh, part of what was holding them back is you couldn't, if you were a big Vanderbilt booster who supported athletics, you couldn't just directly donate to athletics. You had to donate to the general fund and then they would dictate how much money they gave to athletics. So that that was a big Big mess, big mess. I think they've got it straightened out, but I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not certain. I'm just. Uh, I think if you're Carkley, you're just hopeful that you have the full support of your, the rest of your coaching staff. But to that point, though, the only real news he made was that Mike Wright is going to be their starter. And even though you probably forgot all about that game, mm-hmm. the, they had Ken Seals in, and Kentucky was up by a million, and. When they put Wright in, it was like, oh, actually, why hasn't this guy been playing the whole time? Because he's he's actually giving them a chance. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So th- that that's going to be their quarterback, um, and and that's 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 what we got out of uh, an otherwise boring, long, long, long opening address from Vanderbilt. Ah, oh, suck at Vanderbilt. They'll be coming to Lexington this year, and hopefully another easier, uh, not sweated out too much game for the Cats. Mark Stoops is going to get asked about Chris Rodriguez. Do you? Is there any way we get anything newsworthy from from Stoops today, Roush? Like real, you know, I'm, I I know for our radio show we'll pick apart a lot of what he says, but any anything big you expect to drop today? Yeah, and I mean it's going to be his first time actually asked about Chris, so I I, I would think that it would be wise to say so. I I just I'm really I really don't know what is going to come from it in that regard like I, I just I'm I have no idea I'd like to have some more clarity would love to have some more clarity I'm afraid we're gonna get some him and Han and we won't get that until later on like yeah the week he, of the game yeah he can he can him and haul with the best of them yeah maybe maybe that's what we'll get we won't get any update on Rodriguez I, I initially was like hey they put him on the football program they're not gonna have a guy not play that's on the program to start the season uh, this is a year-long thing but I also realized like if you didn't put them on there then yeah. for the next month and a half that's all anybody's talking about <laughs> and it's true and it probably would mean like if you didn't put them on there like hey he's not playing or he's not playing the full season or we're, we're not really sure what's going on so I think the safe option is hey just put them on there and if he ends up not playing then People remember that 2022 football program as the year that yeah, their C-Rod on there, he actually didn't play that year for whatever, you know, for this, that, or the other. But he'll get asked about it today. We'll see if there's a, a candid answer or just a canned answer. And 
we'll report back tomorrow. And then from any of the players, probably nothing to, or you don't get earth shattering stuff from the players unless they talk smack about another team. Yeah. The last time we were here, Benny Snell was like, I am the best running back in the SEC. And that, that got some, some headlines. Uh, I, Probably going to have a lot of food-related jokes thrown Will Levis's way, uh, even though that feels like ancient history when we were doing that so, sort of thing. But that's certainly something that's going to come up. Um, really, really hoping we get ticked off, Mark Stoops, because um, Shane Beamer made a cool video yesterday with Soldier Boy in the background. People lost their minds. All the big Jays fell for it. Um, they 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 just they love them some Shane Beamer South Carolina we we joke about them always being picked to to win the East as the champions of the universe but like they actually really it happened again <laughs> it happened again people are falling in love with South Carolina even though as Lockett pointed out they're only going to be favored in four of their twelve games yeah, so what, like what are people doing <laughs> it's just it's it's a it's a fun hot take. They won a lot of games at the end of last season because of a weak schedule, and then they won their bowl game. So the what have you done for your late, me lately crowd just can't see the forest through the trees. They just see Spencer Rattler and some recent wins, and they're losing their minds. They're absolutely losing their minds. And maybe Rattler, he bounces back, and he's what everybody thought he was going to be when he was getting – Huge nil deals before he had ever thrown a football. But, uh, yeah, I, I saw Luckett's tweets yesterday, and I just don't get how you could be like a college football expert and then brag on South Carolina in terms of like competing for the East. Now, if you want to say they're going to be improved or you like the direction or you think Spencer is going to have a big year, that's fine. But I, I just I don't know how you can literally be an underdog in seven games and then say that's the team in the East to keep an eye on, unless you're just a genius. And maybe after the year, we'll say that. But if history tells us anything, Roush, it's been a decade of people hyping up South Carolina in the East. That's the thing I'm going to miss most when they do away with divisions here, probably next season is that, and the people forget this probably maybe the last year with the East, maybe the second to last year, not hundred percent sure about that, mm-hmm. but uh, depends if you believe when Texas and Oklahoma are coming in or when they're not coming in. But, um, it's been going on forever. So you, you can't even do the benefit of the doubt of like, oh, that's a bold take. All right, we'll keep an eye on that one because they've been doing it for, for as long as South Carolina has, as long as the East really has been kind of down and you've been looking for a second program to take the strangle hold and emerge behind Georgia, South Carolina has always been that trendy pick. Yep, I, I don't I don't know what it is about that place that just gets people hook, line, and sinker. And it's funny because um, – our guy, SEC Mike, that I thought that was going to be his hot take, and then everybody on the network started falling for it. So he, he, he was he it became the popular pick. <laughs> did he do a little zigging and zagging, or did he stick with it? No, like no. It's just, the Levis one just popped a little bit more. Okay. We're going to get a lot of Levis hot takes today, too. No doubt about it. All right, I want to switch gears. We're going to get to the Thornton's text line here in a moment, but Roush, got to ask you this. Thoughts on two keys coming back. Mm, it's not really coming back. I mean, it's back, but it's not all the way back. It's not back at the same place. So it's hard for me to hard for me to judge. You really are a moody Mandela today. Yeah, I just I saw it's the back, baby. I saw the sign. I was like, ooh, and then it was like, we're moving nine hundred feet away. And it's like, oh, so it's not gonna be the same. Because what made it awesome is that it was just so enormous. 
Well, here's the thing. I maybe a hot take, maybe not a hot take. I hated the interior of the old Tukies. Really? I like the little back door setup they had. Mm-hmm. I hated that little corridor of farts that they had. It was a really thin hallway you had to walk through and people just crop dusted to Bolivia nonstop. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that was your favorite part. <laughs> yeah, I also love that it had like a random hidden bathroom. Like our, our, oh, that was the bathroom to go, but you had to walk through the fart corridor to get there. Yeah, yeah, love that, loved it all. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just I love the uh, the just how weird and random that old building was. Like there there was definitely no rhyme or reason to it, and I just love the fact that like knowing my dad was back here stumbling through this place like fifty years before. I like that aspect of it, but mostly just the size of it because there aren't a lot of big bars to go to in Lexington anymore. We talk a lot about the the penguin slash toasted barrel not being around anymore. There's not a lot of places with a lot of walking around room, and I'm a I, I'm a big guy. I like I like to have my walking around room. That that's that's not going to be the case at this new place. Not is that the, I really. Or sorry, go ahead, Justin. Is the upstairs part of the bar, or people live up there? People. So the upstairs at the old one, people live there, and I was actually going to say Wild. that. I had friends that lived in that apartment, and Jeez. holy smokes, they they should have been paying people to live there. Yeah. The Thursday, I mean, even Tuesday nights, just the music would make the sh- the floor in their apartment just shake. And I was just like, "What? <laughs> How do you all get by this?" And they'd be like, "You know, after two, it's pretty quiet." Like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about after two? You know, people want to go to bed at a decent hour." But that was college. You were all right. You lived through it. You were fine. This new one, Roush. Unless I'm mistaken, they're taking over the old Pazos, no? Um, the I, that I don't, I can't tell by it because there was a bunch of names of places I never heard of. Uh-huh. So it was like it's the old Bar None. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> so, I, I thought that they were like Pazos eventually expanded. You remember when they did that and they got that little, you know, the big patio. Yes, yeah. they expanded to that, and then they had their little like basement cellar thing. And I'm pretty sure they're taking over that, which that'll be a big space. I mean, assuming that maybe it is Pazos or it's that building, somebody's on the Thornton's text line is going to let us know, 502-414-1450. That's got good outdoor space, good patio space. It won't be the same, and you're right, the nostalgia of just knowing generations and generations of drunk UK students have made their way, all the basketball games that were watched at the old Two Keys. But if you're taking over the Pazos building, that's got some tradition and history in that place as well. Yeah, yeah, I can be fine with that. Um, it just won't be the same, not at the OG Two Keys, you know? It, yeah, I agree. It just won't. It was sad to see it go when it did go. I, I had mixed feelings of Two Keys. It was not really my crowd or scene, but mm-hmm. when we did, you know, maybe once a month we'd go there. Yeah, it, it was a party. Like, uh, yeah, you, you, I, I'm you with get you. your most torn up from the floor up, if you know what I mean. Exactly, exactly. Apparently, a big reason why they aren't going back there is that building has, uh, unsurprisingly, turned into a dump. Mm. Yeah. You could have yeah. seen that coming. Yeah, yeah. We're shocking, right? Yeah, but you are right about, like, there's not huge, like, the our, our college experience was going to Toasted Barrel and looking out and seeing probably, like, 2,000 people drinking and hanging out and partying. I mean, yeah, at least amazing that, that, that the wear and tear. <laughs> yeah, it happens for sure. Uh, but it's back, baby. So won't be a, not a bad, not a bad place. Maybe before UK Catter Day to go get, grab a beer first on your way into town, and then make your way over to uh, the Krogue. Because Lord knows you won't be able to drink inside the stadium unless you're rich. Text on into the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. You want to read a few texts? Yeah, let's get to it. 
Okay. Didn't UK lose to a terrible South Carolina team a few years ago? This was what I was reading yesterday when the show ended. We ran out of time. They did, but they wouldn't have lost that game if they had been playing Lynn Bowden, the quarterback. Yeah, that was when they still tried like a broken wrist, Sawyer Smith. Yeah, he was trying to play on a broken wrist. What the hell were they thinking? Yeah, that was bad. It wasn't a good game, and it's not even really like South Carolina ran away with it. They were like they were just letting they were giving Kentucky chances to make things interesting, and UK mm-hmm. one of couldn't. the worst offensive performances I can I can remember. And then that was kind of their sign of like we literally have to try anything else, something else, got to do something. Watch that game in Boston. It was a good night, but not fun watching UK just get beat by South Carolina. But since then, it's been all cats in that series. Seven of eight. And before. Seven of eight. Yeah. Kirby. Hey, Kirby. Outside the box thinking. Did Cal just need U of L to try a little bit in order to get him back in kill mode? When Rick was here, he was dialed in for the most part. They hired KP. Tell him KP got all the players, won all those games. Now he's going scorched earth on everybody. I'm here for it. Get Edwards and DJ and holy hell, boys, trying to make me go from six to midnight on a Wednesday. TMI, Kirby. But that's the plan. And Roush, did you hear what old Bob Dillingham had to say yesterday? Old Bob with the shifts is uh, he he wants to make a dream team. A dream team. We we can mention that, but Kirby, I would just say, Yes, having Louisville try helps, but I think losing is probably more of a motivator than just Louisville, you know? Hey, yeah. speaking of speaking yeah. of Rick Bettino, I got asked at the bar last night what the thought process was for Kentucky fans when it comes to Rick Bettino. And I didn't really know how to answer that, so I told him that I would bring it up this morning just to hear what you all have to say. Because he's Lovely. under the impression everyone hates Rick Bettino. And I was oh. like, I don't. I just don't think that's true. No, no. I had a I worked for an attorney that liked Rick more than Cal, and this was like in 2014 when Kentucky was at its best under Cal. There's there, there's certainly people split. I I like him as a fun sideshow. Miss him being at U of L and just all of his antics. So ah, I miss him at U of L as well. Ultimately, he. Uh, just lives in his own brain and won't really hear anything else. And I think that's kind of fascinating to watch from uh, miles and miles away, but he's good for college basketball. He's entertaining. And I do think there's a little bit to like you, when U of L and Rick were kind of pushing Cal, it maybe was a driving, a little bit of a driving force for him, but Roush is right. You, you have a terrible season. You come back the next year, have a great season, but you're embarrassed by a loss to a 15 seed. That, that is all the motivation I think he needed to put together the super class, which I love hearing Dillingham say that. Go recruit. Go try to get these guys. Go get Bradshaw. Go get – well, Edwards is going to commit on Monday, which is going to be great. Go get Wagner. And by the way, Roush, I said they, we had an update on the EYBL from yesterday. Hit me. Our, our guys, uh, or the guys we're following – Played a little bit better yesterday, which is good to hear. Justin Edwards did not. He had a little bit of an off game, bad shooting day, only seven points, three rebounds, but he had been one of the better scorers up until that bad game. Wagner with a steady game, 16 points, five assists, five rebounds, one of four from three. Nobody's shooting the three ball all that well. And then Dillingham, I said yesterday, hey, you know, he's struggling, but he's the type of player that could go out there tomorrow and score 30. He finishes with 29 points, six rebounds, five assists, 50% from the field, which is what we like to see. 
0% from three, which is not what we like to see. He has been dreadful from behind the arc in this EYBL. Again, he'll have, I don't know, what, 15 months to be able to work on it before he's playing at UK. So plenty of time to fix that outside shot. But he 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 was the aggressor yesterday, which was good to see. And if you take away his three-point field goals, he was 11 of 15 from two-point range. So that's pretty good. Uh, that's a really, really good percentage. So um, better day for our for the for the cats targets and cats commits for the most part, Justin Edwards excluded. Yes, yes. But you know what? It doesn't matter so long as he commits to Kentucky next week. I did see that Ron Holland is not down there. Um, no injury or something. I think his mom just had a tweet like, he's just played a lot of basketball. He's getting some rest. Yeah, that r and r that's always kind of interesting. He did play in Spain, and like I, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, that's good parenting. But on the other side, it's like, what's well, one more tournament? I feel like there's like full house episodes on this where you practice and you audition and you do all this great stuff, and then the big show is finally here, and your parents aren't letting you go. Like, no, you got it's even it's Beach Jam. Like, this is it. Like, this is the biggest of the big. But he did go to Spain. He has been playing basketball a ton. But yeah, whatever. Uh, he is not playing. I hope he's a cap someday, but seems like maybe Arkansas cool. is the leader there. That would be pretty, pretty cool. Hey, and we got a, our basketball update. Thanks to Kirby. Way to go, Kirby. A texter says, "You congrats to UK on adding Eastern Illinois to the schedule for 2028. I hope the big dog can continue to work his magic till then. I wasn't sure if this was a Rutherford text or not. But there were a portion of U of L fans very disappointed that UK scheduled Eastern Illinois in 2028, Roush. Did that come out yesterday? Missed that. It did come out yesterday, uh, according, I think, to FBS schedules or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever that, uh, or maybe D1 Scoop or whatever the one, whatever that website's called. But who cares? It's 2028. We'll worry about that probably in 2027. Wasn't Eastern Illinois where uh, Jalen Whitlow transferred to? Withrow? The Withrow, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right about that. Uh Isn't that where Tony Romo's from? Uh, oh. oh, I don't know. Is that Western Illinois? I, I mean, Tony went to Eastern Illinois. You're you're naming just all of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play football. Jalen Whitlow, yeah, he was Eastern Illinois. Okay. Um, well, that's who Kentucky's going to be playing. In Tony Romo, yeah. Romo so, was also, wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, can you name two better quarterbacks? Really, <laughs> poo on that, U of L fans. UofL, I would be much more concerned with coming within 30 points of Kentucky versus uh, instead of who UK is going to be playing in seven years, six years. I would, I would get your priorities in line. Mike Rutherford shared that sentiment, which was good to hear a reasonable UofL voice say something similar like, hey, we can kind of, you know, it's fun to poke fun at UK here and there, but when they're beating you by 30 consecutive, consecutive, consecutive years, we, we need to maybe put that on pause. But that is a debate that you and I have disagreed on, UK scheduling, beef it up, don't beef it up. They debated that. Uh, of course, Trevor went in this weird rant that UK needs to play IU in football. Um, no, no schedule between the two major sports in college athletic gets criticized more than the University of Kentucky, and I would guarantee it. By its own fans, by outsider fans, why would Trevor Kelsey, in the slightest, care one iota if UK and IU played in football? I don't even care one iota if Indiana, Kentucky play in football. No. I don't either. Like I, you know, if they do it, cool. 
Yeah. I don't. I certainly don't think it needs to be like a yearly, yearly thing. But if they did something that U of L and IU just did, where I think U of L and IU are playing through 25, 23, 24, and twenty five, home, home, neutral. If UK did something like that with IU, I'm all for it. But it doesn't need to be an annual staple. It's it's IU UK that mean that does nothing for nobody. Yeah. Doesn't make IU fans excited. Doesn't make UK fans excited when they play the game. You know there'd be some rivalry, fun back and forth. But no team schedule gets criticized, crucified more than UK, whether football or basketball, they get crushed by their own fans, outside fans, whatever it may be. But uh, I'd like one more out-of-conference game. Don't really care. Not enough to at least fight or whine or cry about it. But if Kentucky gets to a point where you're not having fun home games for fans, then I'll probably be a little bit more passionate about it. But last year, UK had Florida, LSU come to town. I think I'm, you know, Tennessee came to town. That's a big rivalry game. You're giving your fans things to be excited about. Now, while I think the program is elevated, and I'd like to see one more meteor out of conference game, the schedule's plenty difficult as is. So if UK wants to go Cupcake City in the out of conference, while I would do it a little differently, I'm ain't going to complain. And secondly, hey, U of L, why don't you get better, and it'll make our out of conference schedule better? How about that? Boom. How about catch me outside? How All right, that? let's go to our last break. We'll come back. We'll finish up the text line. What other, what other things we need to get to, we'll try to bring up if we have time. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Extra Radio. Oh, I've got a question, too, a life question when I come back. I'm going to need some, some advice from some of the older gentlemen that have been down this road before. So help me out when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call. I'm in love with the shape of when we can we let the story begin We're going out on our first date You and me are thrifty so go all you can eat Fill up your bag and I fill up the plate We talk for hours and hours about sweet Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call, one final segment on your Wednesday. Fun show today. TJ Walker, Nick Roush down in Atlanta. He's been covering SEC all week, and he gets to cover the Cats today. And Justin Kalen, our producer, doing a phenomenal job. All right, one thing that I've got going on today. Roush, do you – I don't know if this is a personal question or not. If it is and you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Do you you have life insurance? Yep. Okay. I mean, oh, what what people right. should do, especially if you have a kid, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. Waited until I had a kid, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do, definitely you, got did, that. do you do your life insurance exam? Yeah, yeah. So, um, what did you get blood done and, and a, a little pee test? Uh, yeah, yeah, and then they do your blood pressure and all that stuff. It's pretty basic. Okay, nothing to work, nothing to to worry about. No, and I think the only thing that was kind of annoying is I believe you have to do a little bit of fasting beforehand just to make sure the blood test is accurate. But yeah, on the email they said they, they said they prefer twelve hour fasting, but if you didn't, like no biggie. Um, I did for what it was worth, but I'm doing mine after the show today. And there's just a little part of me that's worried that they're gonna like do my test and be like, <laughs> life insurance for you, buddy. You got like two years left. No way. Get out of here. <laughs> Like I'm, yeah, that is actually like my concern. They're gonna be like, your blood came back, the worst blood we've ever seen. No, thank you. Denied. <laughs> it's maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
the, all right, so it's, it's no big deal. No, no, it's no big deal, especially because they're trying to sell it to you. The the one thing <laughs> that I need to do that uh, gives me a little bit of anxiety is uh, creating a will. That's like the one adult thing I have not done that I need to do this summer. Have you have you created your will yet, Mr. Sports Talker? Just on a napkin. No, I, I have not. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've got a, a lawyer friend who has told us, like, hey, come on in. Anytime, we'll do it. We'll knock it out. And we just haven't done it yet. But, yeah, I need, I need to do that as well, get my mm-hmm. affairs in order. So I've had life insurance since 2015, and I never had to take a test. Is that weird? You sure it's not health insurance? No, it's life insurance. But it was sold to me by my brother who knows me. So maybe mm. that had something to do with it. Oh, you're getting your brother in trouble for fudging the numbers. Well, you also maybe. were so young that might that might be why. True. Who's your beneficiary? Yeah. I believe I made me? it my sister. Me. I, I was going to do my mom, but yeah, I think I went the safe route and chose my sister. That's nice. Well, nothing that they need to worry about, though. Old Scoots is going to be here. Another couple years. Years to come. (laughs) All right. Well, you made me feel better, Roush. I appreciate it. Let's get back to this Thornton's text line. Remind you, Thornton's, it's great. They got, if you need lunch options, a cheap, quick lunch, go in there. It made the price may be cheap. The quality is anything but cheap. It's delicious. It's great. And then remember the summer cash bash. Download the app today. I'm going to tell you about Shady Rays a little bit later. But I love that you said I've got a life question for you. And it really was life insurance question. I didn't lie. <laughs> <laughs> a texter says, whose side are you on in the Dan Dockage versus Indy Star feud? Uh, Always never- Indy Star. Yeah, never on Dan Dockett just said. Although I wish they'd take it take the take the paywall down. Let us read Greg Doyle just ripping Dockage just red. I, I, I really don't like Dan Dockage, but I also am not a huge fan of newspapers. And also it seemed a little like personal. You calling somebody a bully while writing, you know, fifteen hundred words on how terrible a person he is. Yeah, it's also Doyle. Like yeah. you, you you know how hot he meat is. cattle. I'm not crazy about Doyle for what it's worth, but I used to like him, but he, he kind of just, I don't know if it was just the columnist thing where you just had to keep poking bears or getting in the news, which is kind of classic media. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm definitely not on Dockage's side. I'll tell you that much. But I also thought it was like maybe a little much from the Indy Star, but oh, then yeah, that would be yeah. me defending Dockage, which is something I don't want to do either. So a texter says, got to shoot hoops on Rupp tonight. Also saw this. Wish you could see how happy I was to see the respect they gave Ligon still. I felt like such a nerd. Ha, ha, ha. And it was the video mural. and Or it was a video of the mural that they had there. And Ligon's is on there, and it's nice and all good and fun. But there's nothing like getting to shoot basketballs in Rupp Arena or just really any big empty gym for that matter. Yeah, uh, but the sight lines, though. Yeah, that's why I was such a bad shooter at Rupp Arena. I don't know if I've ever shot hoops at at Rupp. I've only shot like two hoops at Rupp. And uh, got to shoot some balls after the 2015 NCAA tournament first round game against who was it? Norfolk. I think it was Norfolk. But yeah, that game didn't start till like 10, and it was the last game of the evening, obviously. And they just let media like go out there and shoot around afterwards. It was it was really cool at the Yum Center. Anytime you're in a bigger, you could go to Bellarmine and like be able to shoot. It's kind of cool, just because mm-hmm. it's a different experience for a bunch of schmucks like us. Not oh, to yeah. brag, but I am one for one from three in my Assembly Hall career. Did you that, shoot that gym? Sucks. That gym sucks. 
I did. I shot it from the opposite side as the watch shot, but it was nothing but net. And I threw the ball down. I said, I'm done. I'm, I'm leaving this place hundred percent. If, if IU is ever like hurting for cash, just say, Hey, $25, you get a shot at the watch shot. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to get waiting lists. It'd, it, it'd go, it'd go until it'd go for a week. You'd just Here, stop line. One shot, what? 25 bucks, have fun. If you make it, you get half your money back. How about that? Let's uh let's get real wacky with it, and they could just have the whole video played out. And instead of Watford, you're the person shooting the shot. That's pretty fun. But you know, if you make a shot and it's not in an actual game, nobody really cares. That's true. That's true. If we've learned anything today, <laughs> I was putting the I was putting the worm in the water, see if we'd get a bite, Justin. But, but no bite, no bite. A texture says Scoots needs Hardy's biscuits in his life. I do agree about the burgers, though. Do they have gravy? Because I only eat biscuits with gravy. <laughs> Exclusively? Yeah, no, I, I hate like breakfast sandwiches on biscuits. No good. <laughs> it's such a weird thing. It's just grumbly. They all fall apart in your lap and say, yeah, I don't like it. They do have, uh, I'm pretty sure they've got one where they put some gravy on it. Um, the omelet one is their, uh, the best sandwich they have going, though. A little on the salty side, but Hardy's breakfast is pretty good. I like this text. I need to, I need Justin to answer this question on behalf of all hotels across the country. Who in the hell decided these half pillows? They should be fired into the depths of space. He wants this person going to Bolivia. I've never seen anything like it. I've seen them. They they are just Roush. Do you have any half pillows by you right now? I define half pillows. It's half you, of I, a I, pillow. I should have sent the picture in the text line. It's just it kind of takes like a little bit of time to do it, but. Um, it's just like small pillows that I, when we went down to, when we did our little vacation a month or two ago, the hotel we stayed at along the way had those half pillows. I actually think they're perfect for knee pillows. I'm a big knee pillow guy. Ooh, I am too. Yeah. They're good yeah. hugging pillows for sure. Oh, and a cuddling pillow is a good thing too. Yeah. So I don't have as issues with them as much as, as other folks do, but I have noticed them. Basically Roush, it's a square instead of a rectangle. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. That's stupid. But it's still fluff. It's not like a throw pillow. It's still like a fluffy head pillow, but it's just smaller. Yeah, it is weird. This economy, man. They they are also these pillows. Hotel pillows are very squishy. Like there's not a lot of you stick your head in and it sinks to the bottom. So you need to have like 17 to be able to support your head. And no, it's not just because I have an enormous noggin. (laughs) I I half agree with you on that. I feel like you don't get an in between. Either you'll get just like the hardest rock pillow where you could like have a head the size of Trevor Kelsey and it wouldn't do a dent on the pillow. Mm-hmm. Or you get the ones that are so soft you have to stack like four together just so you're not touching the, the mattress. It's one or the other. No, It, is. it really is. And now they're just half the size. A texter says, successful night betting the All-Star game, boys. I've seen enough of these to always take the AL. And I did that along with the under. Ooh, nice on you. I even doubled up when the NL went up 2-0. Plus, I was up where five. I was up 500 on poker at the casino. Tuesday was a banger night for Keith. FYI, I also cashed in $300 on Camp Smith to win the Open. I'm on fire. And that's uh, from Keith because he generally always only texts in when he's bragging about how good things are for him. Keith, you got to text in when you've lost like $1,000 in gambling. Just the rules, man. You got to. Yep, he's, he's only... living by the Floyd May- Mayweather rule. And secondly, where the hell was this advice on the All-Star game yesterday to your favorite radio show? No kidding. I would have loved that, but good call on the under. You're right, just go in AL. You may as well just bet AL to the end of time. But the under, that's a nice one. And then always fun to go up at the casino.
You youngsters are too young to remember, but between 1959 and 1962, there were two All-Star games. One in an AL city and one in an NL city. The players wanted the second game in order to put more money in their pension funds. Hmm. That's cool. That is cool. Same players, I assume? Yeah, I would guess so. They're just like, we're going to double up. I like it. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I certainly don't hate it. Ah, the, the late 50s, early 60s. Any update on the beer sales at football or basketball games? Not looking good. I mean, yeah. Uh, you really think Mitch Barnhart's going to let that happen on his watch? As long as Mitch Barnhart's here, I'm not expecting beer sales to ever happen. For the record, I did, I did think he was going to do a stupid little, like, I wanted to see, and we laid our options, and we're going to allow it. I did think that he was going to eventually allow it. Now I probably do agree with you. If he's not, if he hasn't, if he's not going to do it for the, like, why would it, what would change between 2022 and 2023? We, 2023 we, and 2024. It's funny because anytime there's some sort of media op with it, like the last time they didn't have Mitch available. It was Mark Hill. Who's uh, his number two and does a lot of stuff with football. It's like, so beer sells. And it was just the same, same old answer. Well, well you know, we're still we, evaluating. And it's horrible. It's embarrassing. They need to just get crushed on it every time. I do, I almost do respect their just willingness to just like BS and just be like, yeah, we're, we don't know. We're, we want it to be fun, but we're still thinking that stuff through. It's like, no, you just aren't going to do it. No, not going to happen. Hey, fellas, please let me know when the KRC golf scramble will be because you have Northern Kentucky fans that want to play. Go Cats and have a great week. Boy, we'd love the KRC folks would love to know when it's going to be, and we want to play too. So we we will. I promise you we'll let you know when, when we get something set in stone. Did I miss something? Scooch won the lottery? Oh, yeah, come on. Yeah. Old KRC news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a lottery winner. Geez, that's a loyal KRC listener too. <laughs> hey, maybe they're a new listener, Justin. No, no they're not. They've been here the whole time. <laughs> Fellers, I hope y'all are having a Wednesday already this a.m. We're almost to fall camp, and I can't wait for football. We all think Robinson's going to be the biggest impact on offense when it comes to transfers, but what about defense? I think this year it'll be Smith, but I'm really intrigued to see how young on the D the defensive line develops over the next few years. We'd love to hear what you all think. You all have a great day. Lead by. Smith. Who is Smith? No, Young. Zadarius. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who is the Smith transfer. Because Zion Childers is the one that's going to be playing. I don't... Man, I'm I'm in a pretzel. Uh, Darian Henry Young. Oh, who... he, he drawn Smith. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was the first. That's why my brain is so far behind. Uh, Darian Henry Young, though, he is without a doubt the most explosive athletic guy on that defensive line i do think like he does he, he had he needs to put on some weight if he's going to play on some regular downs though so um yeah i that, that, he's uh he, he's one that they they need to get in obvious pass rush situations to be able to turn him loose um so you know we'll we'll see we'll see there in the the, the foreseeable future but uh, it Third and long, Darian Henry Young's going to be in the game this year. It's going to be up to him and Kedron Smith to, to make sure that they're able to stop some of these guys. 
really interesting dynamic with the defense, at least in my dumb opinion. Like the linebacking core is as good as I can ever remember it at UK. I'm so pumped up about that. When you when you look at Square, Jacquez Jones, Weaver, I think could just be an absolute freak. Uh, well, he is an absolute freak. And then Derek Jackson, another guy that I'm really, really excited about. But um, so you you know that you're solid there. Defensive line, you feel good about, but I guess you still need to see it to believe it. Yeah. A lot of guys that are that have shown good things, but you just want it consistently. I don't think there's going to be too many issues on the D-line. But, like, so your confidence at linebacker is sky high. Defensive line, it's good, but not maybe where you'd want it to be. And then you go to the secondary where it's just, like, you put your hands up and say, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm just hoping. Right. Which, um, like, that talent there, I don't think it's a lack of talent thing. It's just, are they ready? Yeah, are they ready? Are they ready to do what they've got to do to help this defense be a top twenty-five defense in the country? Exactly. Um, one texture says, "I always thought Trevor got canned because of a failed drug test." Which that's very. He actually passed one, and that's why we fired him. <laughs> well, it's it's really hard to fail a drug test here because they do the mouth swabs. So. <laughs> Oh, guys, I gotta, I gotta run though. But uh, this has been good. Textures, feel free to roast me. Roush getting out. Roasted on the text line. Cowardice move. There you have to go, Roush. Cowardice move. Can't take the heat from the text line, and he's dipping out to go here. Give me all the heat. I don't give a damn. You're not coming until you're not getting all the heat. Textures keep the same energy tomorrow. Roush, I look forward to your update today. Have a good day, buddy. We'll see you. Nick Roush down in Atlanta. And now he's just going to get absolutely crushed. Oh, but not my a gosh. Somebody, I know, that's an embarrassing move on a grown adult's part. Uh, uh, another texture, though, sharing uh, serious thoughts and, and sentiments. Rest easy, Charlie. Thanks for that tune. Also, thanks for demanding that Trevor be fired from KRC. Charlie Wilson, not age of 96, passed away yesterday. Our thoughts are with him and his family. And the creator of the best jingle in all of radio. This is Kirby. Yikes. Terry getting Roush to stutter and reach for big words early off a lukewarm take. Get some rest, big fella. And he's gone. He's not going to hear that, Kirby. It's, it's sad. And how convenient text- that he left right as the he started getting roasted on the text line. As if it was a coincidence. Yeah. He didn't text- even submit that to HR, by the way. No, he sure didn't. Roush is, again, yeah, Jacob, just no show. Is KRC <laughs> falling apart? Many people are wondering. <laughs> Roush is fired up today and not dealing with TJ's BS, and I'm here for it. Well, not sure it worked out too well for old Roushy. You know who had great physical traits? Ryan Lee. The best personal traits award is like a participation trophy. It's it's not a bad thing to have your stature commented on and praised. Like Dak Prescott, huge quarterback. People, People like big, strong quarterbacks, especially ones that can tuck it and run. That's a good thing. But Justin, my whole point was we already knew that about Levis. Like yeah. I wanted I wanted people to be wowed by something new. Didn't yeah. happen. And and that, and that makes sense. I mean, but like I said earlier, just because they didn't say that doesn't mean they didn't see that. And I know that's, that's not what you want to hear. That's not going to make you feel better about the You're season. You're right. And, but... and it's not like they also said like his accuracy was horrible this week. You know, it was basically just not commented on. Which, you know, Roush could use to his point and be like, see, they did, it wasn't enough one way or another. So it doesn't, I'm fine with that. All I'm saying, personally, I just wanted to feel warm and fuzzier inside by hearing that his accuracy has improved. And yes, even if they said that, it doesn't mean that he's going to go into the games and it automatically be better. We're not dum-dums, but we just, that's where he needs to improve. Everybody would agree with it. So if we heard more about that, I think we'd feel better about things. 
We haven't, and we'll just have to wait to see what happens when he gets out on there on the field or when they're going through fall camp and going through scrimmages and, and stuff along those lines. Yeah. Ga- games, uh, games tell you a lot more. Guarantee you there's a quote today about Will Levis's accuracy. Guarantee <laughs> it. Whether it's from Stoops or whether it's from Levis himself, and I guarantee you we get a it's gotten better. It's improved. I'm still working on it, but it's it's better than I was last year. Is and Nick Roush asking the question? If, if Roush re, if Roush puts any of those quotes in a story, jail. We put him in jail. <laughs> a texter says, "Who pooped in Roush's shady rays?" Well, you know that's the beautiful thing about shady rays. If they get broken, if they get lost, if you forget about them, if somebody accidentally makes a mess on your shady rays, replacement pairs. Go to shadyrays.com. They have sunglasses for every single occasion. A, a Kentucky company. By some Kentuckians that have hit the big leagues now. And it's because they do things so well. These are look to be like really expensive shades. They're not very expensive. And basically with the replacement pair promise and guarantee, each pair you buy, something happens to them, you can get a new one. And then do not forget the promo code Big X to save 25% off. A texture says, Robert. I heard TJ can throw balls into tight windows, lead his receivers, command a huddle, and has the ability to make changes at the line of scrimmage. Nick has the physical traits. <laughs> ah, that's a good one, Robert. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I was a flag football quarterback star, but I guess it's not. it doesn't mean anything because those seven-on-sevens, you know. That's it. You can tell if a dude is accurate the way he throws a football and where he hits his targets, no matter what the setting is. Exactly. And, like, if you really want to get in the weeds of it, those people that are at those camps, they're watching where's the ball coming in on the receivers. Is it high? Is it low? Is it right at the numbers where they can tuck it and run? They they notice all that stuff. The fact that you just are going out there to see how far you can throw a football and that's all anybody cares about, it's just ludicrous. That's a nonsensical take. A texture says, who can grit, do the gritty the best of you three? Justin Kalen. <laughs> it is not me. This this text made me laugh. Plum Lee bro texting this in in the middle of you all screaming at each other on air. And all he wants to know is who can gritty the best. A texter says, Kirby, so Roush, no one can be accurate. But Clayton Thune was accurate. I think the take that no one can be accurate with different receivers is a hot flamethrower take. You're pretty much telling us Levis was trash with putting the ball where it needed to be, but he had a cannon. Yeah, Kirby, arms up. I was wondering the same stuff. Love Roush, but just one of his like weird little hills that he'll go on from time to time. Levis interceptions are more concerning to me than Rodriguez fumbles. The numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, and I also think that fumbles, while it is, it does fall back on the running back, some of it can be unlucky, just like truly unlucky, especially how often it was happening in the red zone for Chris Rodriguez. Interceptions can also be unlucky, but you mm-hmm. also – Worse quarterbacks throw more interceptions. Um, Worse running backs probably do fumble more, but Chris Rodriguez's numbers suggest he is one of the better running backs in the conference, not one of the worst. A texter says, did someone poop in Roush's above-ground pool? No, pop. Oh, someone pop Roush's (laughs) above-ground pool, so it all came out. Indiana Tim here. Dang, TJ, chill out. You bo- you're both correct. <laughs> chill out, Indiana Tim. Scooch, this is great radio. They just wanted you to know that. Yeah. Oh, we had a, we had a nice little text back and forth about it. A texture says, Roush, are currently in a coffin? I think means <laughs> currently in a coffin. Are you currently in a coffin? It makes me sad when mommy and daddy fight. There's one texture. <laughs> 
235,000 miles is absolute peanuts, intern Jacob. We have a car in the fan, Black Volvo, that has 360,000 and is still moving like a charm, driving it till the wheels fall off. Are you taking that car on road trips, though? Volvos are kind of freaks in that regard. Hondas and Volvos in terms of being able to go forever. All three, you all are dweebs. I can agree with that. Same. A texter says, Mr. Roush, what have you, what you've, what you have just said, sorry, it jumped up on me, is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that you could that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Sorry for butchering the Billy Madison quote. Uh, my bad. Roush is tripping. He's such a baby. Wah. The, the podcast listeners are going to have a real good time. Oh, today. my gosh. If you can't hit your target at camp, you can't hit in a game either. Well said, Texter. And that's not to say Will Levis wasn't hitting his target at camp, but we didn't really hear about his accuracy either. A text, unless unless I, we did and I didn't see it. John here. Good morning, everyone. Entertaining, entertaining radio this morning. Guys, keep it coming. I think you both are correct. I mean, sports reporters do evaluate players at camps and some practices, but oftentimes, especially after an injury, they will say all individuals look good in practice or summer workouts. But will it translate to success back on the court or on the field or whatever sport they're in? I do believe you get a better idea of how good a player is in game settings instead of practice, though. Just ask Allen Iverson. We'll got to go talk to you later. Totally agree. Nobody's saying anything otherwise. Love is going to have to put it, have to prove it on the field one way or another. Well, he already proved it last year. But if he's going to work on some of his accuracy and some things like that, we're going to have to see it to believe it. That talk about that, practice. If we heard a bunch of updates that he was really improving and being better, it'd make me feel better or get me more hyped, I guess. Jalen Whitthrow, Tony Romo, Sean Payton, the best football minds in the game, played QB at Eastern Illinois. That really is kind of impressive. Oh, yeah. Sean Payton. Forgot about him. Yeah, yeah, Romo, Peyton, and Whitthrow, three names you can't not forget. You know who had a great stature at QB camp? Ben Chappelle. Ben Chappell. Yeah, great stature sitting on the sidelines. Oh, yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, what's, he up to? what's he up to, JK? I, probably, probably doing – he probably went the route every Indiana athlete has gone selling insurance. I think you said that the last time. Good morning, Misa Aminos. Alex from Colga here. Just finished yesterday's show, and I cannot agree more about Whoppers, TJ, and Dingus. My mother-in-law is a BK believer and swears BK is superior, but I grew up with McDonald's kids, and we go back and forth on it. I will die on the hill. McDonald's is way better than BK. However, the spicy chicken slaps. Chick-fil-A will always be the home of the chicken sandwich, but chicken is nice. I mean, it did not look nice when Jacob posted the picture. Well, gross. the best thing you can do is just hit up Salsaritas today. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. It's delicious. Download that Salsaritas app. Travis Branham just put an article stating that Bradshaw is slated for two more visits. How do you go from being set on your choice for college to setting up two more visits within two weeks? Uh, probably not set on UK anymore. I, maybe a change of heart. Doesn't want to play with Wagner. I don't know. Maybe doesn't want to play with Uganda Kingsley or – I don't feel good about Bradshaw going to UK anymore. And that's not with any inside information, but just reading all those things, generally not like a good thing for a recruitment. Now, Kentucky could reprioritize them and come back and be like, wait a minute, I thought we were good. Uh, do we need to up this nil offer to you or, or tell you a few more things that you want to hear? Maybe Kentucky can do that, but also 
that's that's a weird thing. That's not a normal thing that happens. A player set to commit seems like one school is the overwhelming favorite, and then no, I'm not ready, and I'm going to take more visits. Usually, not a good thing for the favorite. In that case, Kentucky. I just wish we'd schedule another lower tier Power Five team. I understand, but also hate playing those FCS opponents. Don't really see the value of playing them outside of getting some guys some rest. That's a huge thing, though, getting guys rest when you're playing an eight-game SEC schedule that someday could be a nine-game SEC schedule. Texter says Garoppolo was at Eastern Illinois, too. Jeez, Louise. Man. Best quarterback place in the world? All right, we're out of time. Everybody have a great – it's going to cut off on us again. Everybody have a great Wednesday. Thanks for all the texts into the show. Get them in for tomorrow uh, as well on the Thornton's text line. This is Kentucky Roll Call, TJ Walker, and Justin Cates. See you on Thursday.